Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where our goal is to help you find health and community through movement. I'm Molly Herford, a writer, coach, and yoga teacher. And I'm Peter Glassford, an endurance coach and kinesiologist. Every week, we're talking to athletes and experts who can help you lead your best active, adventurous life. Whether you're a gravel racer, a marathon runner, or you just got out on your first bike ride yesterday, we're here cheering you on. You can also visit us online at consummateathlete.com for coaching information and training tips, nutrition advice, yoga flows, bike skills, and more. And now, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. It is our holiday week, holiday edition. You've been waiting all year for this episode. You know I have been. That's right. We're here for the goal setting, you know, new year. New year, new year. Uh, And if you're not into new year, you know, this could just be, you know, getting ready for the upcoming season. Maybe you're already sort of rolling or, or running towards this new seasonal goal, but we're talking about goal setting, which is a continuous process, right? It shouldn't just be in this new year, but that's where we are. For better or worse, we're here at this precipice of, of 2022. You know what? I I still love the new year, new you. And I do think for endurance athletes, it generally does actually fall in a pretty good time. You've had your bit of off season for most endurance endurance sports. You've had you know, probably November, December, where you're not doing a whole lot. Maybe you're starting to build up base. Maybe you are taking a break for the holidays, uh, having some fun with cross-country skiing, whatever, whatever is out there. Mm-hmm. But then January is sort of the time when you're going to start thinking about, okay, what's coming up in the year? And, oh, my goal race is happening in May, so it's a few months away. Right. Uh, so, you know what? It is an excellent time to be reflecting on our goals. And we don't revisit them nearly often enough and actually spend time reflecting on them, no matter how much we talk about it. I talk a huge game about goal setting, but I think I talk more about it than I do actually. Yeah, uh, and that's always the challenge is where do you put them so that it's staying front of mind, right? And that's, you know, so that you're, you know, reminded of the, you know, why am I going out in the cold or in the rain? Uh, you know, it's for this, this day that I'm working towards or this fitness I'm working towards. Yeah, exactly. So, we'll we'll get into that, but I think we actually want to start with just a quick little nod to the fact that it is holiday season so those healthy holiday habits and i do think in in the world as it is now we've really moved away from this you know 10 ways to avoid weight gain during the holidays kind of mindset um where it's very much about oh you know you need to keep doing your your 10ks on christmas day and how to avoid you know pigging out at the christmas buffet or indulging at the christmas party i think we've the world as the fitness world wellness world whatever you want to call it as a whole i think has really come to terms with the fact that it's okay to have relaxed time or fun time during the holidays without feeling the need to calorie count or drink a a thing of seltzer or have a protein shake before you go into a party just for the sake of not over overdoing it Mm -hmm. yeah i mean there's probably i mean there is there is individuality in there right and sort of again it's a form of goal setting i guess right like what are you trying to do this week right and and i think sometimes it's that expectation you know of of you know, this should, the thing we think we should be doing. And, and so you want to, I think, reflect. I think if, if you go into it with a plan that you're comfortable with, and, and again, you have a, a why for that, then, you know, and then the actions, the barriers to that plan, right? All these, you know, you move past just the, like, what am I trying to do to, well, what are going to be the hot times, right? Like when someone's handing you the extra piece of pie or, you know, that sort of cliched stuff, you know, what are the strategies? How are you going to avoid those situations? Um, 
And if you yeah. want to avoid them, I think you need to kind of set your own boundaries for that. So that might be you're only going to your goal is to only have, say, two drinks a night or, mm-hmm. you know, cut, yeah, cut off the mulled wine after a single cup. But maybe the extra slice of pie is just not that big of a deal for you in the moment. Like, yeah, and it might be, you know, sometimes that frequency of how often we're weighing ourselves right, can become such a, you know, it's like the, you see these blips, you know, but then, you know, month to month, it's maybe just the same. Right. And is it a blip or is it an inflection? Yeah. Yeah, I've been fond of this. yeah. I don't know. I guess you want to, you know, it could just be a blip. Right. And I think a lot of times it's like weight is, is quite stable. So I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Again, it's such a, a tricky, tricky question. So I think maybe our main point here is that there's, there's no, you know, hashtag healthy holiday uh, rules that you need to follow in like a hard and fast way. Uh, that said, uh, this is the time of year where it's very easy to go a little off the rails and end the the holiday season, hit that new year feeling way worse than you felt, say, today when this episode came out. So this is out uh, the 21st. Mm-hmm. So we have a few days heading into Christmas. And I know a lot of people are planning not necessarily huge holiday celebrations this year, but definitely a bit more than maybe last year because last year it was fairly locked down. So maybe this year, I've heard a lot about holiday parties coming back. So, you know, we are getting back into that uh, swing of things where it could be very easy to end up feeling crappy. And I think the goal is not necessarily to end the end the holiday season with a goal weight in mind or not chi- like tipping the number on the scale. But I do think the goal is to finish the holiday season feeling at least good. Well, refreshed, right? Again, hopefully you're enjoying some of these things, right? The, the good food, the good friends, you know, the people hopefully are, are central to that. Um, yeah. And you come back into that, that season feeling renewed, right? This is why we take time off, right? It, it can be very hard for people to do that. But the idea is that you, you, you're building this motivation, right? You're the, you know, that indoor trainer or treadmill staring at you and, you know, it gets, you don't want to get on it after a while, right? So sometimes taking time away, you know, you can then be like, okay, I can get on this thing again, right? And you're motivated to get started or, or continue, right? Yeah. So I think my number one healthy holiday tip, as we're as we're going to put it for the sake of this episode, is going to be that sleep, especially this week, is so stinking important. It's ridiculous. Um, I think every expert I've talked to for in the past six months, from psychologists to physios to coaches to like research scientists, everyone, like the number one thing is is sleep, whether it's for like blood sugar, um, not monitoring, what is the word I'm trying to say? Stabilization. Regulation. Yeah. Regulation. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, and that's sometimes we focus so much on just the food, but we forget we have like all these, you know, we could call them legs of the stool or levers you could pull where there's, you know, our sleep definitely affects things like how the food gets used would be maybe could, you know, versus even blood sugar, you know, it can affect that. It can affect our willpower. Right. Mm-hmm. So then again, you know, if, if we sleep really well, it might be that, okay, any food we do eat that cake, you know, it, it's getting absorbed. We could say better, right. used better. We have more energy. So maybe we're moving around. We go for a walk because we slept well. Now we have all this energy in us from the cake. Maybe we're more motivated to get moving. Right. Mm-hmm. Muscle soreness after exercise, like all of these things are so impacted by how well we're sleeping, how much we're sleeping. So I think this week in particular is one of those weird ones. You know, we are, it's the holidays. You're hanging out with people. You're maybe staying out a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a parent, you're probably also going to get up a little earlier, at least on Christmas morning, because uh, you've got the the tiny people at 4 a.m. who really want to open some presents. Sure. Yeah. So it's a lot of potential disruption to that that circadian rhythm, right? And, and when we had, do we had 
Amy Bender's episode is coming. Yes, yes. we have sl- renowned uh, sleep physiologist. Is that an accurate assessment? Sleep scientist? Sure. Let's go Amy Bender yeah, uh, is she's coming, coming back. back on. She was one of our first guests like, true. way, way yeah. back. And now she's on podcasts all over the place and doing some really cool work. So look forward to that episode. But one of the big, my big takeaways from that episode that's coming was that circadian rhythm meaning, you know, where like if you sleep 10 every day from 10 till 6, that's like your normal sleep time. So you get your 8 hours, 10 till 6 a.m., 10 till 6 a.m. But then a lot of times we see people changing that for different reasons, right? So on the weekend we go out and party, but then we wake up and do, you know, a run or we shift, right? So there's this like social jet lag, I think is what they called it. Um, and it's almost like, you know, again, like jet lag, you're, it's almost like you're flying across the country every weekend. And so then there's a consequence to that because it takes a couple days to get back on and then a couple days to shift. I never thought about it like that. But yeah, I mean, if you go to bed normally the 10 to 6 and on the weekend you're going to bed at 1 a.m. and getting up mm. at like 8, that yeah. actually is the exact equivalent of traveling from New York to L.A. Something for like that, like yeah. And, and these all might be percentages, right? Um, but we, we it, it changes, you know, that deep sleep or that, you know, total sleep time or, you know, the restful or the, the rest fullness of the sleep you know how the quality of the sleep so it's it's one factor that even you know if the eight hours stayed stable it could have an effect on all these other factors right mm-hmm. so the, the challenge then is you know how do you you know go to the party but then leave a little early right everyone's getting you know a little you know they've had their fun maybe you can leave early and get in bed you know similar time right yeah i was pretty proud of us we actually went to one of our like first events back we'll say we went to a concert a couple weeks ago and we left ahead of the encore because it was getting a little too late for us. Uh, mm. And we did actually hear last night that we missed the best three songs well, of the evening. People always say that. but uh, Debatable, debatable. But nonetheless, I was really happy that we did that because the weekend before we actually had stayed out a little late and we definitely paid for it for the a next couple day, days. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that whole weekend of training was off for me. Um, but then you know, again, I think sleep's just, it's a big one. And I think right now we're like probably too heavy as we go with things in the fitness and health world. That's you know, true. it's the, you know, going to cure everything. Uh, but there's probably only so much we can change. We are learning a lot. So, I mean, it's one thing, again, when we look at this, the holiday goals, you know, if that, if you're like, okay, every year I have trouble with the food at the ha- holiday party, maybe it's just, you know, you do the best you can, but you're trying to set yourself up with, you know, you exercise a bit in the morning. So you're, you know, you done some exercise you feel good again that helps with you know all these ways that food gets used uh you know your healthy mindset you've slept really well so willpower is maybe really strong uh you know and then maybe you pull in like you know you really focus on some good social interactions right again this is another one of those legs of the stool that we don't often think about but that ties into things like stress and and these other factors right so could we go after some of these other ways that it helps with the the food choices or just how the food gets used mm-hmm. um you know, and can all affect any of these other outcomes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and on that note, so we've got sleep covered. Let's let's try to keep our sleep as steady as we can for this week. I think if, yeah, if you're going to set no other goal, I think that's probably a really good one to, to put on the, well, the list. Well, you know, we did a, a Q&A just about, uh, what was it, about challenges, mm-hmm. right? And so this might even be, could you nap, right? And, and Amy uh, in the podcast also talks about, she's a big fan of just these power naps, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, and that's in a, a way that, you know, if you're trying to bank sleep or make up sleep, so versus, you know, I sleep until noon every Saturday because I'm just so drained from waking up at 4 a.m. to do runs and then go to work during the week, right? So you're getting, you know, wake up at 4 a.m. all week, but then you sleep until noon on the weekend, right? This is a big shift. 
Uh, so it might be better to continue to wake up four or 5 a.m. if that's the time you choose to wake up. Ouch. And then nap, right? So get your run in in the morning, keep your routine, you know, mm-hmm. and then maybe just take that nap, right? So this might be a holiday nap challenge, a December nap challenge, right? You know, it's so funny. I, I think I've probably said this on here often, but the most hectic time of my life was right when it was years before our podcast, actually, it was when we first started dating and I was working full time at the bicycling office in Pennsylvania. Uh, so I was actually in the office from nine to five every day, but I was also training for some major like bigger endurance event so i forget if it was iron man or something to that it was something to that effect where i was training still like 10 to 15 hours a week closer to 15. Um, but i was also working several other jobs because i was finishing a couple of big projects while i was also starting at bicycling and despite all of those things i was weak i was doing that up at 4 a.m in bed for probably 10 so i was getting way less sleep than i should and i remember i slept at my at my job at bicycling i actually would close the door to my little tiny office and i would nap under my desk at lunch for half an hour every I think day that's like a george costanza isn't it yeah i'm not a big seinfeld person but i think that's i don't know did I don't you start really... building a bed underneath i mean i basically did i had a yoga mat oh, okay. uh, so yeah i mean that's that's how seriously i took my my napping and now actually i have my afternoon meditation blocked off where i try to do 15 20 minutes of meditation every afternoon but I forget who once told me this because I, I remember I was asking someone about meditation. And I was like, what happens? Is it bad if I fall asleep while meditating? And they're like, no, that just means you needed to sleep. Right. So I actually sort of allow myself to fall asleep during my afternoon meditations now. So sometimes I get in 15 minutes of really nice meditation. Sometimes it's a 15 minute power nap. Well, and then you wonder too, is that actually like success in some ways? If we looked at it as like you were able to quiet your mind enough and not be thinking about the like other tasks you had in the day that you actually felt were able to fall asleep and that's, then you know, wake exactly up, resume it. your day. Right. And that's that, that break they say is, you know, a big piece. Whereas, you know, sort of like, is it a marathon or a sprint idea? Right. Uh, they suspect, you know, there's all these circadian rhythms and the rhythms of our brain waves or whatever our energy ebbs and flows over the day and sort of a wave form. So the idea is that then if we took a break from our work, then we might be more effective Mm -hmm. later versus just trying to like hold that steady, you know, spreadsheet to spreadsheet to call to call. Well, that's where that afternoon huge slump comes in for so many people. Like most people report, you know, between two and 4 PM, just huge drop off in productivity and ability to get anything done actually Mm -hmm. i've been reading this book i think it's called why we sleep by i'm gonna say matthew walker i might be totally lying the big sleep book that everyone talks about yeah Yeah. and basically he kind of explains it as sleep is almost uh like cleaning up a, a tetris game in your mind i don't think he uses the tetris analogy but i'm kind of using it um it basically like you're sweeping all of the blocks in place. You're like filing all of your sure. your papers that are in your inbox or tray mm-hmm. on your desk. Um, and even 15 minutes of that can kind of clear clear the decks for the afternoon. Sure. Um, so I think that's been super helpful for me. So yeah, maybe maybe this holiday season napping is your that yeah. And I always think nap. you know holidays for one of the things is like uncles or you know grandfathers yes. like just <laughs> sleeping. <laughs> Right. And I always wonder, you know, was that, you know, were, did they, were they onto something there or was that like the first time they got, you know, bored or, you know, what were they doing? Shout out to Dave Herford, the most mindful man in the entire I guess some universe. of it is the turkey, you know, you get the turkey and then you get really tired. But I feel like it, a lot of times it was before the turkey even came out, they were sleeping. 
but yeah huh. holidays are crazy right yeah. so they're very very busy time yeah okay so we've got sleep uh the other thing is just kind of continuing that movement so whether or not you're doing a challenge uh this is not to say you need to go out and ride you know a billion miles a day or anything like that this is to say maybe this is a great time to do more family oriented movement i actually was just talking to someone yesterday who used to spend a lot of time on the trails and now she finds that she's actually doing more like pond hockey with her family over the holidays right. and is loving it and just finds that that's just so much more fun for her over well, the I holidays. Well, I think that's the fear sometimes that I have, right? Is like you're training for this thing, so you have to like run in the morning before your family thing, but then you're so tired, you know, you're one of these uncles <laughs> laying on the, couch the sleeping, on the couch sleeping versus, you know, do you have like a generational pond hockey game, right? Not everyone's going to relate to this analogy. It could be a football game or a soccer game or a whatever, video games or whatever you're into. Uh, you know, is that a, a really special like memory with like really good connections? Right. Versus, you know, I don't know. It's just well, something to think about, I think. Right. It's not that you don't do that run in the morning necessarily, but thinking about where you're you're putting energy and time mm -hmm. is probably relevant. Right. Yeah. So I think making that goal of whether it's getting out for a walk or just playing a quick game, a catch in the backyard with, you know, your family and even adults can do. OK, so this is one of those things where I think. A lot of people who have kids will kind of gravitate towards these, like going out and playing with the kids. But I mean, I've seen you with your brothers at family things, even before we had a niece, like you guys would be out in the backyard, just tossing the ball around. And that was, I think some of the best time I've seen you have with your brothers. For in, sure. Like, yeah, no, I wish we did that more for sure. I wouldn't say that that's like, we're being held up as any example, but it's something we have done in the past and you're right. It's, it's always good times, right? And it takes energy to get that set up, but yeah, to get the the literal ball rolling in some cases, uh, you know, someone get the uncle off the couch. Get yeah. the uncle off the couch. Yeah, uh, someone has to go first and be the one to say like, "Let's go out and play catch." But even as adults, like I'm gonna say, especially as just the adults, getting out and doing some kind of activity, you know, shooting hoops, mm -hmm. tossing the ball, yeah, even a, even a game of around. table tennis. Well, and it could be a walk too. It doesn't have to be sports if you're not into sports. But yeah, and I think that's where that go first idea, right, is, you know, sometimes you have to be the person and you always have to be the person, right? And that's, you don't get bitter about that. You're just the person that goes first. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And then, okay, well, like, let's, let's just quickly touch on the, the healthy eating over the holidays thing. Um, like I said in the beginning here, I think this is, I think it's okay to have a few days here where you do have the pie and like, we're not counting the calories and thinking about everything that's going on our plates. But I do think, you know, there's, there's room for both sides of this equation. Um, right. So over yeah. The and years, I think, you know, when we know this fueling stuff, right? Like, I mean, I think this is, is part, like, I think, you know, Trent Stellenworth has said, you know, if you can't have that pot, grandma's pie at Christmas, you know, and there's, we can't do that, then like, there's probably something wrong. Right. Um, you know, there's probably reasons you might not have it, but you know, if that's something you really want and is important to you, that would be like a worth it type thing. Mm -hmm. And I've talked about that before where we had a friend who said like, if you just had a worth it diet, right. And you sort of reflect like, you know, some random chocolate bar, probably not worth it, but you know, grandma's cake, probably worth it, right. There's, you don't, you only get that so many times in your life. Maybe that's a good thing to just really savor and enjoy. And again, grandma's hopefully there still. And you know, you're enjoying that with it, right. That could be a really special moments i think that worth it idea is maybe you know there's there's problems with that but I, I mean sometimes that's a good way to think about it yeah i think the the other thing is just being being prepared so for us that often means showing up with a big veggie dish like a big salad or 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's okay. Again, it's such a nebulous topic to say like, oh, well, you just try and eat lots of veggies and meat and, and don't have that other stuff. But I, oh, no. I do think there's validity to that too, right? Yeah. And I am definitely not saying don't have the other stuff. Like I will get into the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and everything, but we'll also just kind of make sure there is that big veggie platter on the table because often one of the things people will say is like, oh, there's nothing for me to eat here that isn't. Right. All I can eat is the cake. Yeah. Okay. The only option is the the candy yams or whatever. So if you have a family that does that, just make sure that you're also bringing this thing that can kind Do of go. Do they make candy yams? Is that a thing? I think that's a thing. I don't know how I didn't know about this. Hmm. Uh, anyway, just something that can kind of go under everything that is your your leafy greens, your your veggies. Well, and again, we're trying to look at this. I call it the stool. The stool is probably not the best analogy, right? But the the stool doesn't stand up without all the legs, right? So. Um, you know, we're thinking about, again, we've set the stage, we have good sleep running in as best we can, where maybe, you know, if we, if we've had to be up early to get to the shopping mall or to get the kids to this or whatever, then, you know, maybe we're sneaking in a nap, you know, because we know this is part of the, the stool. Maybe that means like, you know, yesterday I laid on the ground and rolled my knee a bit and just sort of did some deep breathing instead of finishing the last 30 minutes of my ride. Right. I just was like, I think my body just needs, I was tired. It's been a long week. Right. Um, and sometimes it's that, right. Like you might just need to t- skip. 30 minutes of your workout and take a nap, right? Get off the bike, have a shower, hop in bed. No one will even know the difference. Did you even know that I did that yesterday? No, I did not. Yeah. We just, and we had planned to go for a walk at our usual time with the dog. I took extra 30 minutes, but it was out of my, you know, quote unquote workout time. Right. But that's sometimes that's the way you need to do it. So all that to say, so we have our stools, we have nutrition, we have the social piece, we have a bit of movement piece. And again, we have a lot of ways to get all those things done. We have all these different tools and tactics. And I think it's just a great, we're talking about goal setting today. I think, I think that's what we're going after. And so we can say, okay, this is how I want to exit the holidays. What are the ways that I'm going to do this? And we know it's going to be a little, you know, hectic in the middle there, right? Like any, you know, race would be. It's not always a perfect execution of your plan. You have to have strategies, right? You're going to have a flat tire. You're going to build your way back up. You're going to eat a couple more Reese's Christmas trees than you intended to on Christmas morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you set up your your guardrails, you set up your tactics, you know, and and you go at it, right? And I think you enjoy it, right? I think that's the ultimate thing is it's it's a week, it's a day out of the the year. Exactly. And then you carry on, right? And I think that's not letting that one day be the you know the stool fell over you know and the stool's never getting back up yeah we can we can write the stool it's not that big of a deal right anyway uh yeah so that's that's sort of our quick little holiday lecture here um hopefully you're still with us as we head into our hashtag new year new you um which everybody knows i love so Uh, For the past, I think, five years now, I've written a different New Year's piece for Canadian Cycling Magazine every year, and I, every year I am so excited about it. Um, And this year, I really focused on what people have done in the past couple of years that has actually allowed them to reach their resolutions. And actually, it was interesting. I had asked out just sort of on on the internet, we'll say, uh, to see what cyclists I knew had actually met their New Year's resolutions. And a surprising number had, and I, honestly, I and this was like in August, I was asking, and I had thought it would be less because of the pandemic, but I'd say, if anything, the pandemic actually kind of forced everyone to shift from these outcome goals and outcome resolutions into much more like process-oriented, I'm going to do this kind of thing this many times a week, or you know, I'm going to ride this many miles uh, versus I'm going to you know podium at this race. Sure. So I think it actually forced everyone to kind of revisit how they approached these things. So the the first takeaway was that 
rather than saying my new year's resolution is to like, it could be the, the classic lose weight or you know, it could be like a race resolution type thing. Is that what you mean? As mm-hmm. far as like external, like outcome. Yeah. A lot more on the, performance? the race day things. Uh, so a lot of people were setting more process goals because they just weren't really sure that the outcome goal would even happen. Mm-hmm. Now the flip side of this though, is I did, I spoke to a bunch of sports psychologists about what people had said, kind of trying to break down why did this work or how did this work? Um, Now, the flip side of that, though, is at some point, a lot of people actually do, in fact, need an outcome goal sort of at the end of the, uh, waiting at the end of the road, because otherwise the, the process goals, the process goals just aren't as interesting intriguing easy to stick sure, with some people are just motivated uh extremely motivated right? yeah. yeah and val had who we've actually had on the podcast was saying for almost every professional athlete you can talk a big game about process goals they can understand it they can completely acknowledge that it's a thing but if they don't have that outcome goal like written out and some you know kind of in front of them they are not gonna perform right, like right. outcome goals are why they're who they are and we're probably all on a, a, a spectrum i guess right and, and there's challenges with both sides of that right mm-hmm. if you're very externally motivated and the races get canceled then you know it's a struggle yeah if you're which, very internally motivated you know you sometimes you get a little too like head in the sand or you're not really you're just sort of exercising you know versus we could say training exactly or, or you know you're you drive yourself into the ground because you you know you're so process driven that you you exercise every day yeah. Right. And exactly. that's your rule. And you don't break it even when your body's saying stop. Right. And you're so process oriented, so internally motivated. Right. That it's like, well, I exercise every day. Right. So there's there's cautions. And as with everything, there's like a, a medium, a moderation in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was sort of the, the one big point. The other big thing was this idea of revisit. Uh, so it's three re's here. Uh, revisit, reflect and reimagine, which is actually not how I put it in the article, but it's how I've been thinking about it as I've been kind of thinking through what everyone had said. Um, you know, a lot of the time we sort of set these New Year's resolutions. We walk away from them. Three months later, we maybe glance back at them and we realize that we're nowhere near them or we've completely fallen away from them or they're just no longer realistic and they don't really work for us. So the first thing is revisiting. Like we have to actually come, like we actually have to make it a point on our calendar if we do set any kind of goals that we are coming back and looking at them, whether it's a weekly thing or a monthly thing. Just, we have to be checking in on them. Otherwise, there's just no chance they're happening. Or if they are happening, they're not even really our goals anymore. They're just things that are happening in our life, right? Like if you achieve a goal, but you never actually thought about it being the goal, was it achieving the goal? It's a weird question, but mm. you kind of see where I'm going with that. You mean if you achieve the goal? Like if you set a New Year's resolution of winning world championships, but you never thought about like you just stopped thinking about it. Who is this person? I don't know who this person <laughs> is. Um, and you, oh, okay, maybe actually weight, so you're, loss, you're, weight loss is maybe So a I wonder if one. you're suggesting the goal was not that challenging or something? Yeah, yeah. maybe that's it. My point being, you need to think about your goals. They need like to be periodically through the year. Yeah. Right. Um, and and you need to reflect on them. So we're revisiting. We're reflecting. Like, is this still working? Is, do I need to change something to make it work better, or do I need to actually reimagine the goal? So one example in the article was um, one cyclist had set a goal of riding. I think it was like ten thousand kilometers in the year, and by June he was only at four thousand. So. 
you know, we could we could reassess, we can reimagine, we can reflect on it. And, you know, what he realizes, A, like the 4,000 was actually like way higher than he'd ever ridden at that point in time. But B, it was very unlikely that he was actually going to make it to his 10,000. But rather than being pissed about that or upset about that, he actually sort of reimagined it to be, okay, like maybe like 8,000 is a more realistic Sure, sure. And I wonder if that's an error in the opposite direction early, right? Like when we talk about point A, point B, the point A process is that where are you? Who are you right now? Right. And not necessarily, you know, this is the fall winter. I haven't, you know, raced for a few months, but sort of like, who are you when you're, you know, left your, you know, at your peak, you know, right now you are this person. These are the, you know, gaps you have, the limiters you have, the strengths you have, you know, you're really good at going long. You're not good at starts, uh, whatever. Right. So for this person, part of that point A analysis then might be, and, and you might call this re- the revisit or what was the, what were your R's? Revisit, reflect, and reimagine. Yeah. So I feel like they didn't do like the revisit and maybe the reflect portion where it's like, okay, I look on my Strava or my training peaks or my training log and I did 2000 kilometers. It seems like a big jump to go to 10,000, right? So then you might say, you know, well, what, what seems reasonable? What does that look like on the week to week, you know? And so this is, I actually see this very, very often where it's like this pie in the sky, you know, I saw on Strava, this is a round number, right? It's, I'm going to do a thousand hours this year. Well, why? Because of the 10,000 hour rule or because it's a round number, right? Like you've been doing 400. Could we just do more, right? I like the Obama thing is, what is it? Is more is, or better is, better is good is, is like sort of the Obama. And I've been using that a lot where it's just like, sometimes just like edge it, (laughs) you know, if we can get a little better in whatever better is. And at least pause and do the math on what things break down to on the the daily basis, right? Because the like thousand hours example is a great one where you're like, okay, like say thousand hours, that would be little, little under three hours a day if I was training every single day, but I'm not, I'm training maybe six days a week. Okay. So now we're at like, now we're training three and a half hours a day every day it's six a days a yeah. week having done but, thousand hour years it's like that's your life like it's a lot of five hours six hours because the, the thing is and the hours are a weird example perhaps but it, it's not a, a linear every day i ride whatever that math would be right there's 365 so it's like as you say three hours a day right two and a half hours uh that's not how it works right because you're going to take off days they're going to have races you're going to have to recover pre and post races race season is not the time to put in you know massive volume so when do you do it well it's october november december so now we're in january so you're already in trouble um right so it's and then it might be winter where you are it might be rainy you know so it's tricky right so we want to really reflect on what that goal means and where you are now in relation to that goal right and Mm -hmm. then what is what is a little better Mm -hmm. right and be happy you know if we get a little better as you say you might overshoot it you might set you know i want to i do 300 watts for my threshold super test 305 right and whatever the number is that you're like pretty sure you can do but like you couldn't do it today sometimes it's like that's that's the goal right there right and and go after it hard and then if in march you've got it great well that's actually the other point that uh, all of the sports psychs that i talked to kind of agreed with is this idea of new year's resolutions is great but 
could they just be one point in the year? They actually all really like quarter year resolutions. So mm-hmm. I love it because it allows you to continue making New Year's resolutions because you know I love a New Year's resolution. Well, and there's sort of that spammy, uh, I don't know if it's spammy, but that thing of like, well, what do you think? What's your 10-year goal? Well, why can't you do it in a year or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. In this like 10 times concept or, or whatever. And maybe that's similar. Like you want to be a 305 this year, but like, can that, can you edge out that five Watts by March, you know, in, in this, as you say, the quarter, quarter resolution. Yeah. So I love it from like, from a planning perspective for an endurance athlete, it's actually pretty sweet, right? Because that basically breaks you into like from new year's to March. So you're like base goal. Like, so that's your kind of base season resolution. And then from like March to June, that's probably like your one rate, like your one of your A races. That's maybe your A race resolution. In my case, my birthday's in June. So it's always kind of a good uh, bookend to that. So I have that. But for most people, there's usually a race. I like that. Yeah. And I think you'd probably get better buy-in. And then September, you've got your back to school resolution uh, Mm. or your, you know, either your second A race of the season or maybe your fall season is going to start. And then boom, we're back to sort of our our New Year's resolution. So we just hit several different chances to have these really good resolutions that actually are really in keeping with an endurance athlete's lifestyle. Well, I like that sort of goes with the seasonality as well, uh, which, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're big into the seasons and changing sports a bit. And, and I know a lot of our clients now are, are thinking about that. Was, I was just talking to one client yesterday. She's got big endurance cycling goal. So that's going to be the first half of the season. And then there's like a big uh, backpacking for sort of the, uh, I guess that might be your, your summer or fall goal, I guess more of a fall goal in this case. Uh, right. And it's sort of similar related. You have to be fit and healthy and we can be chipping away at the hiking stuff, you know, certainly now and and into that, but phases of the year, seasons of the year, right. Which is good. And I think that helps with motivation, right. That's certainly been our experience is that people, you know, that short term or that seasonality is, is, is a pretty good way to go about it. Definitely. So now we, did we interrupt your, so there's your R's? Your, no, I think that's, that's pretty okay. much like my, what I said in the Canadian cycling piece. And then the other thing, uh, Josie Perry talked about it last week when we had her on the excellent sports psychologist. Um, and it's actually something I've been reading about in this month's athletic bookworms pick, uh, which is 4,000 weeks, uh, which is kind of a grim title for a book. Cause it's roughly 4,000 weeks that everyone gets to live. Um, yikes. And it's, it's actually a really cool book. It's very like philosophy of time, but also realistic time management for actual humans who, you know, we can, we can read all these great articles about, you know, ah, oh, you only have 4,000 weeks to live and what does time mean? And time is a, a societal construct that doesn't really mean anything, but it does mean things. Um, and this book I'd say is a very good blend of practical, but also philosophical ways of looking at time and how we're spending it. Uh, and a lot of that and what uh, Josie was talking about last week comes down to your values. So I think when we're talking about resolution setting, Uh, This is something that we haven't really done before, and it's something we've talked about, but haven't really spent a lot of time on, is the actually sitting down and writing out what your values are and running all of your goals and resolutions through that funnel. And if you haven't listened to the Josie Perry, we we touch a Josie Perry episode. um, We touch on this idea and some examples and how Josie's, you know, she did a triathlon and it sort of one of her values was I think success or finishing. I don't recall. And then family was another one and her daughter was watching this race, but it was really rainy and her daughter was like hating it and saying that she was going slow and just wasn't enjoying watching triathlon. And so she had this like dilemma in her values. She decided to drop out of the race so that her daughter wouldn't hate triathlon and be freezing in the cold. 
uh, but then the, had to give up the success value, right? And so we sort of talked about how you might choose goals based on your values, um, but then also how that helps guide decisions along the way as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so in that case, I, I thought the, you know, if she, she was going to really go after success, then it might be that her family can't come to. So it's not that the, your values have to be met by every goal, uh, but I thought that was good. And so we've been reflecting on the values idea and I think for me, freedom is definitely like a big one. and Yeah, autonomy is a huge one for us. Yeah, which I, I don't know if those are the same thing or not. But, um, you know, it's certainly just, you know, adventurous rides, you know, being able to go and, and do big adventurous rides, right? And, and I think that's, you know, a big piece. Whereas, you know, you have to be careful that the goal isn't, you know, when we did triathlon, I think is the example where I felt really contained, right? Like I had to do this, like running on the road, which I wouldn't generally do and riding on the road, which I wouldn't generally do. And learning how to swim, holding a position on the bike that like isn't dynamic, like a mountain biking position would be right. You have to like stay in the arrow bars and like you're honing that ability, that skill. So I found it super and the pool is like (laughs) super constraining. Um, so for me that is, you know, it, it served its purpose. I wanted to learn something new, which is probably a goal. Um, but so much of our philosophy just within consummate athlete is this, like, do you want to prepare for the goal you've set? And that's the values question in a lot of ways. mm -hmm. Like if you're doing an Ironman triathlon, for example, and family is one of your values, like those are, it's doable for sure, but it's definitely a difficult one to, yeah. Unless, you know, maybe if, if that was one for us, you know, we did it together. So maybe that was a thing and we did tie a lot of visits into that. So you could say that like there was a community piece or a family piece for us in that I don't think that was necessarily a piece for us maybe it was us doing it together maybe it was a part of that I don't know if we would have I don't know but that that would be an example where you could maybe satisfy that community or family piece but you could also do try you could see us a type a person you know training in an indoor pool alone uh you know or whatever could it could be a very isolating journey Mm-hmm. And then if, if you were a social person, an extrovert, you know, where your value might be people, community, friends, family, whatever, you might feel like through that process, that might be where a resolution to get fit for Ironman might fall apart, right? Or that goal might fall apart. Yeah. So I think spending some time this year actually reflecting on what your values are, even before you set a goal, like making that list of what your your core values are. And, and I'll I try think it's, and it's so easy. In the just... show notes, this is homework for me, which I'll actually put into my weekly agenda here uh, to find. I know Josie mentioned there was, I think, 52 values on a sheet. And I don't know if she has that published on her website or in a book. I'll try and find any case and I'll put it in the show notes as like value finder or something like that. 52 values. Uh, find your own values, something like that in the show notes. If you're, if you're really curious about values and going down, but I would imagine all her books go through that as well. I think my challenge to everyone though, is you have this list of 52 things like integrity, family, honor, whatever. Um, I think as you go through it and you make your list of your couple top values, I think reflecting on them, maybe actually spend some time bullet pointing or journaling around each one and what it actually means to you. Because I think everyone would say something like honesty or integrity. Sure. Everyone would say Success, something like whatever. family or yeah. friends or relationships. Well, um, and there's fairness. Like I think there's a, a, if you only, I think the goal is to get to three uh, in her Josie's uh, system as well. Right. But I think you see similar things in, in different sports psychology exercises or, or, you know, life goals exercises for sure. where it's like, what were the peak moments? What did you enjoy? I asked this in our, our yearly sort of review goal setting with clients as well what did you like in the like what was the peak moment you know what you know what would you love to do again and then what was just like miserable like for me again in the triathlon year it might be like i i really don't need to go back to a pool 
you know, or road cycling. Like I just don't need road tires on bikes anymore, you know, aside from maybe the odd volume camp or something. Right. Um, so all that to say, right. I think we can go at this values thing with, you know, just by looking at what you really liked in the last year. Right. And it might be different with the pandemic, right. You might've really found you like gravel riding or, or bike packing or something. Right. So we don't want to necessarily give that up. Right. Cause that might be as we go forth into whatever the, the future holds, it might be, yeah, I'm bikepacking and I have a few clients that are just, that's their full, that was never a thing. And now that's like full gas. They're mm-hmm. like pro bikepacking. We joke about. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Did All we right, go so do that justice? So we had values. I think we did that justice. I mean, thinking about values, right? I think this is, there's a lot of ways you can go, what did you enjoy? So I think that's, that's a good one. Yeah. And is there anything else on values? No, I think that's great. I think that actually leads into the last thing I wanted to touch on, which is I know a lot of people right now are getting, you know, pretty nervous about there is a new COVID variant. There are. Oh, you're ending on a positive I'm note. I'm ending on a super <laughs> Okay, we're going to have to find note. another thing, but bear with us. No, this is a, this is a positive <laughs> okay. note, actually. Okay. Um, so people are getting worried about borders shutting back down. There are, you know, that is the reality. Right. Uh, and people are getting worried about their events getting canceled or them not being able to get to their events. Which again, and we've had I've had a few discussions with clients over the last couple of weeks. We had a, a big we we're trying to do every sun, first Sunday of the month. And I don't know if I need to tell everyone this date, but um, we get together as, you know, a coffee meetup. Right. And just talk about stuff. And that was certainly was like one of the, the questions that came up was this uncertainty. Yeah. So I think I just wanted to touch on that because it does come back to the values for, for me as I was thinking about this. Um, so the the first thing is just. You know, if even if your goal is to say do unbound, I'm going to say, for example, and you know, you're a little unsure of whether or not the border is going to be open or if you can get to the race or if it's going to get canceled or whatever. If you'll feel comfortable going, if you'll feel comfortable going is a huge thing. I think to me, coming back to the values. So you might be we we talked about this beforehand that you might be someone like um, what did what did I, I came up with a word for this? Um, not certainty, but, uh, oh, stability, stability might be like a word. You're like, you really like stuff to go as planned, you know, you like, you know, so that just might be one, right? So that might be not that you don't necessarily not sign up for that race. You probably already have your registration because from previous years, but it might be that you, you know, you, we put in like what ifs, uh, you know, this is, I think also a Josie Perry thing we're using here too, but you know, this is, you know, what would you do if it got canceled or the borders were closed or you didn't feel comfortable? What's the plan? Right. So and sort of and setting these that. type of people will tell you the plan. They already have the plan. Yeah. So <laughs> I guarantee that you. Plan B. Right. And we've been there before. And then I think the other option is like, you might just say, I am not doing it next year. I'm going to take a loss on this because it, my value is, what did I say the value stability. was? <laughs> Thank you. So stability, uh, certainty, and I'm going to register for a local event. I'm going to, you know, maybe plan A, plan B, like a local event that happens to happen on the same day or around that time. And, or I have a a plan B challenge that's going to be again, 200 miles of gravel. And I'm just going to ride from my door. I have the route already prepared. It scares the crud out of me. Uh, you know, and I'm going to do that on that date, no matter what, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, Weather weather dependent. So Uh. we have the scary goal. We have the extrinsic motivation and it's certain. And and I would say that like, it's probably worth doing that if you're someone who's just like going to doom scroll because of what might happen. But a lot of people aren't like that, right? They're like, I will figure it out in, you know, May, June, whenever. I think the big question I always ask myself is when I'm looking at something like this, you know, for example, like I have a hundred miler in mid February and I would say like, well, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. There's, still definitely a chance that it won't mm-hmm. um and i think in my head i'm like well 
what would I, if you told me it might get canceled, if you told me there's a 50% chance it won't happen, am I going to stop training on, on the chance that it doesn't happen? Like, do I, do I not want to be the person who can run a hundred miles? Like to me, it's, I want to be the person who can run a hundred miles. That's why I signed up for this race. Sure. So whether or not it happens, and I don't know that I would actually DIY a hundred mile or like for the same day. Um, We'll, no, we'll see what I don't my know thought if, would be there, if but... David or I would would like that idea. Really, <laughs> yeah, you might really not like that idea. <laughs> I don't uh, want to support this, um, but but you'd probably do so. And we've been there. How I've handled this with clients too is there. Okay, are you this this what? what sorry, the what is it? Support stability. Stability. I want us to keep seeing supportive. Jesus, I'm gonna write this on your hand. Yes, yeah, so stability. I guess clearly it's, this I, is not. It's a not value. me. I'm freedom. Yeah, just go with the flow. Uh, that's not Peter, by the way. I don't really know what he's talking about here. <laughs> no, I'm probably, I just didn't register. Um, so, but the other thing is anything can go wrong. You've done, tried to do this LaCloche FKT. We had, we got lost. We got <laughs> Canceled lost. the event. We did a 50K instead of a 50 mile. It was a, a generally good day, but there was some tears. We did another one. Your knee hurt, right? We got there. Everything was perfect. Your knee hurt. We got through it. It went okay, right? We got through it. Finish. Great. Okay. Um, you know, stuff happens. You get sick, you know, work goes sideways. I've had clients like, you know, their kids had the baby with a, you know, their kid was having a baby and their grandson got born. They couldn't go to the big race in the States that everyone wanted to go to the bucket list race. They missed it. Right. So there's all sorts of things <laughs> that can derail this. Right. So I think we're always acknowledging that, but it's in the future. It's fuzzy. And, and we go forth, you know, with the best of intentions. Yeah. And actually, this is um, I heard this from another woman I was interviewing for an article actually about imposter syndrome. And she said instead of or not imposter syndrome, it was about the concept of fake it till you make it. And she said she doesn't like that phrasing, um, but she likes the phrasing of act as if. So that actually popped into my head as we were talking about this, like, oh, what if the race gets canceled? And I was like, why would I want to act as if the race is going to get canceled? I'd rather just act as if the race is happening mm -hmm. and I'm doing the things to be prepared for it. And I'm doing the things that'll make me feel good and ready for it. So I'm going to act as if it's going to happen and it's going to be awesome. I think that's a great, great sort of, it's nice to have these little cue questions, right? For different uh, things we run into, right? And, you know, again, that's, mm -hmm. that's a great one. And I think, you could also look at, you know, what what is the person who's winning the race doing? This is something that we do, you know, again, it, when you're looking at sort of goal setting and, and this sort of stuff, it, the process goals should almost come out of that, right? Well, you want to be the winner of this race. What do you think the winner of this race is doing, right? Like, so it might be, there might be some big concepts there of how many times a week do you think they ride their bike, mm -hmm. right? They're doing a 200 mile gravel ride. Do you think they're, they're riding twice a week? No, they're probably doing, you know, five, six, seven bike rides right mm -hmm. and so yeah. i think you could probably again you wouldn't know the specifics of what the per it doesn't matter it's probably not relevant for you but some of those big things right like are they riding gravel a lot probably riding gravel a lot you know do they usually ride with a pack on their back probably they ride with a pack on their back right there's a lot of these big concepts right that we could then do a check on what we're doing and what our training daily training environment looks like yeah i actually love that for figuring out your your process goals from your outcome goal so if your outcome goal in my case like you know, do this hundred mile or do it well. So act as if I'm going to win this hundred miler. What does that look like? What are the things I would be doing? Mm -hmm. 
So I think that's actually such a good phrasing for figuring out what your process goals are and then kind of backing them out and putting them on the calendar and stuff. And it's, it's like, again, I think those bigger commonalities or, or expectations, right? I think you, they wouldn't always be true, but I think they're not like sexy things, right? They are not. No. We're going right back to the where we started this with sleep and moving and... Yeah, exactly. You know, they're probably not out partying. They probably have a consistent schedule. You know, they you know probably cycling is important if it's a cycling race. Probably running is important if it's a running race. I hear that about those things. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it gets to the fueling thing we're talking about. Fueling, you know, workouts like they matter. I think that's a great idea. I think a client actually said that to me recently. Like it's, you know, that's that was their goal was they're going to fuel the workouts as if they all matter. I love right? that. Right. And it's like, if you're not fueling it, it's like, are you saying that it doesn't matter or like that workouts, you know, for some reason this like, you know, not fueling, it's going to be better. Right. There's this like weird belief, you know, it's funny. That's that exact act as if, right. Like act as if this workout yeah, matters. Like a match. This is one of the bricks going into the wall. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. So I think that's, that's maybe our almost like ultimate uh, thing for, for this year's resolution episode act as if. Okay. So yeah, I think we'll we'll end it there. Uh, everyone have a fantastic holiday week. We'll be back here next Tuesday with another awesome episode. But in the meantime, uh, enjoy enjoy your holidays. And of course, hit us up over at consummateathlete.com or at consummateathlete on Instagram. Let us know if you have any questions, comments, etc. Uh, maybe even let us know how you plan to act as if uh, heading into this new year. All right, everyone, enjoy. Thanks so much for tuning into the Consummate Athlete Podcast. If you enjoyed this or any of our past episodes, do us a solid and leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And check out our book, Becoming a Consummate Athlete, over at consummateathlete.com. Questions or comments? Find us over on Instagram, at consummateathlete, and we will see you next week. <laughs>